Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Battleground. This is a podcast where Battle and Friends talk all things wrestling and laugh with comedians that are way funnier than him. And you never know who's going to stop by. Here is your host, Battle. And we're back. It's uh, another episode of Battleground. My name is Battle. Thank you guys so much for hanging out and downloading the podcast. Eli is uh, not here today. He had to go out of town, but uh, there's a big event happening tomorrow night over in Morrison, Tennessee. It is at the Victory Center Sideshow Wrestling, putting on their big super showdown show. The main event, the Carnies versus Billy Gunn and James Storm. And uh, it just so happens that one half of the Carnies is going to be hanging out with us in the studio today, Carrie Awful. And uh, if you'd like to get your tickets for this super showdown, like Sideshow Wrestling on Facebook, just search Sideshow Wrestling and the bell rings at 8 o'clock. So without further ado, why don't we just go ahead and jump on into it. Carrie Awful, one half of the Carnies in studio. Let's get ready to rumble. All right, it is going down tomorrow. Morrison, Tennessee, Sideshow Wrestling Super Showdown. Tons of people are going to be there. WWE Hall of Famer, Billy Gunn, former Impact Wrestling star James Storm, and uh, some guys that are going to be wrestling him uh, tomorrow in a tag team match. The Carnies going to be there. Carrie Awful is in the building. How you doing, man? I'm doing excellent. Wonderful. Despite my last name being awful, everything's coming up Millhouse like on The Simpsons. <laughs> I'm so excited about this opportunity at Sideshow Wrestling on Saturday to wrestle two people who've defined tag team wrestling. I mean, look at James Storm, his work with America's Most Wanted and Beer Money. And even if we go back to America's Most Wanted, I, I remember going to the asylum, lying to my parents in high school, saying oh. I was going to go study. Yep. And I would drive to downtown Nashville to the the sketchy, legendary fairgrounds. Every Wednesday night. Yeah. And so getting to wrestle him in the state of Tennessee is really cool. Uh, it's super cool to wrestle Billy Gunn, who's... No, it's not any secret. Billy Gunn's like one of Nick's, if not Nick's favorite wrestler. So like things like that are always going to be special, especially considering that I think this might be his first match after going into the Hall of Fame. I think it is, according to everything I've seen. I mean, he hasn't done anything since then. So yeah, yeah, first match for you guys against them. Yeah, and which is great, especially because we're going to dump him with a force destroyer right on their brain and tell him to, you know, get out of our <laughs> state because we are tag team wrestling in the state of Tennessee now. And as great as they're. Uh, accolades and and, and uh, contributions to professional wrestling are, they're not the circus, they're not the carnies, the ringleader Nick Iggy, the dog-faced gargoyle Carrie Offal. Um, it's funny, uh, you meet a lot of your idols in wrestling, and sometimes it's real cool, and sometimes it's real bad, but at the end of the day, the only thing I'm really worried about is beating them, because even though that Billy just went into the Hall of Fame, and even though James Storm has done all this for Tennessee, the last eight years of my life and my tag team partner's life, I've wrestled all over this country, getting paid to do so, help buy my house and punches and wrist locks and finger torture, pile drivers and power bombs. Um, I think a lot of people there are going to think and expect one thing, and I'm uh, I'm going to do the exact opposite of that. I'm going to I'm going to flip that. I'm going to invert it uh, by inverting and flipping them upside down with our our finishing maneuver that. Uh, you know, Force Destroyer. There it is, right there. Uh, let's talk about it. So, Sideshow Wrestling, uh, all seats, only $10. Bell time is at 8, 7 o'clock. Uh, you can actually meet the star. So, for people who don't know, who are, are new to the Carnies, let's just talk about this. Let's go back to where it all began. How did you get into wrestling? I mean, we talked a little bit before we cracked the mics. So, like, 
I always like to ask, I ask my students and people I meet, like, what's your earliest memory of wrestling? Because I'll never forget mine. I was sick at home. I was a very sick kid. Uh, I was like one of those bubble kids, you know, tent, tent yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, Underdeveloped lungs. I had what's called a nebulizer. It's like a breathing uh, mm-hmm. machine for my lungs and all this other crazy stuff. Just super sick. So uh, as a kid, I didn't get to play a lot or go out a lot because I if not bedridden close to it a lot until uh, I got over those health complications. I had a babysitter uh, named Miss Kiki, and Miss Kiki was awesome, and she'd watch wrestling on Saturday mornings. And the first time I can remember that, like, vividly, was uh, Coco Beware and Owen Hart, and then Coco's doing the Birdman dance with Frankie. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at these guys, and they got these bright tights, and they're colorful, and there's a bird. And my, my babysitter's doing the Birdman dance, waving her <laughs> hands, and I'm like five years old, so I'm up doing the bird dance because it looks fun. And then I watched him wrestle, and it was game over. You couldn't convince me otherwise that superheroes weren't real. You couldn't convince me that I couldn't couldn't have superpowers of my own. You couldn't change my mind that when bad things happen, some form of good would come and, and find restitution for that. And uh, it was game over. For a guy that couldn't be a football player or a, or a baseball player, t-ball player, or whatever, as a kid, you see that. And sometimes it's cool because you see that transformation between really nice guys that turn into these larger-than-life things when uh, time demands it. And I think the the... Seeing that as a kid so profoundly affected me. It's why I love comic books and Dragon Ball Z and TV shows and music and art, all of it. Uh, because that, to me, was was the realest representation of that I could see. I, I couldn't touch Wolverine from the X-Men in real life. But if I paid my money, maybe he was lucky enough to get on the front row. I could high-five Owen Hart on his way to the ring. Right. Uh, that's how it started for me. And I, I... I fought it. I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. As a kid, I was convinced I'd either be an X-Man or, or a professional wrestler. And as years go by and stuff happens, you get older in life. And uh, I was like in my early to mid-20s. And I was like, oh, man, uh, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't have a college education at the time. I'm lucky enough to have one now. Uh, I, I was working a dead-end job. I'd served tables for years and years and years. I had a talk with my girlfriend at the time. He was like, oh, that's a horrible idea. You shouldn't do it. And... Uh, Talked to my dad, and he's like, oh, you'll never make any any money doing that, and what are you going to do? And my mom, too, and everybody. And I, I had this, like, weird thing with the universe where I asked the universe, like, hey, give me some kind of sign that uh, I'm not crazy and I want to do this. You know, I'm going to fire up my computer when I go to bed that night, wake up the next morning, get on my computer, and I see this uh, website that I go to for news and stuff, and it said Dutch Mantel was opening a wrestling school. When I was a kid, we would get Memphis Wrestling on TV after WWE TV or um, Bert Brennan's TV or whatever. And I'd see Dutch. Dutch was like a hero. And uh, later on in life, I remember watching Music City Wrestling. They'd come on at, uh, it was like, it was a death slot, like three in the morning. Yeah. It was after Memphis wasn't airing anymore at the time. And uh, I, w- I was like 13 then. And Dutch would have his AOL screen name at the bottom of a segment to be like, if you have any questions about today, message me, Dirty Dutch Mantel, which his screen name was uh, Sozio Dutch, which was like Dirty Dutch and like whatever. And uh, it was part of his shtick in Puerto Rico. And so I'd message him as a 13-year-old kid and he'd be telling me like wild stories. And then years <laughs> later I saw that and I was like, well, this is a sign. I had a tryout class. It was the most physically destroying, mentally you know, crippling experience I had. I knew I wasn't cut out to wrestle. I wanted it so bad, but I was in such bad shape, and I just had no self-confidence, you know? And uh, Dutch called me and wanted me to take it, 
and I, I didn't do it. And he called me a couple months later. Hey, you want to wrestle yet? And I didn't make excuses. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to do that. Are you sure? You know, you're horrible, but maybe if you tried for a million years, you might be able to do something. Oh, no, 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 no. Two, month, two more months ago until finally I, I, I gave in. And it was crazy because he'd asked me to go to class, but instead of just hanging up the phone because he didn't get my money, he'd say, hey, you know what I would have booked for this? And we just talked. It was so crazy to me. I was just happy to have that relationship with someone I grew up watching. Uh, I trained with him for a long time. He had had one student before that named Jeremiah Riggs who just got into it tough enough, really started advertising at school. And then um, he he would teach, but his body was so hurt that his uh, he would get Josephus from the NWA now. Mm-hmm. But he was Josephus Brody to us then. For anyone listening to this also, uh, if you watch the Vice documentary that just came out about uh, Bruiser Brody, uh, that's out there right now. He actually plays Bruiser Brody in it. That's right, how yeah, yeah, yeah. Realistic and identical they looked. So I trained with him and it was crazy. And then he went to go book Rinka King after I had my first match. And that led me to Tasha Simone, who's a three time NWA Women's World Champion, um, who's helped people out like Nick, myself, and Sue Young. You know, uh, she was trained by Chris Adams. I mean, just tough, toughest woman I've ever known in my life. I call her mom lovingly now. But because of all that, I ended up wrestling and I met Nick Iggy. At a show uh, around town and then another one and we got into an angle and all this stuff and uh, I, I'm very much like a goal oriented person when it comes to wrestling uh, I think that's what keeps us sane and I think a lot of successful wrestlers feel that way and I told Nick, Nick was like a, what some people would call like a top build talent he was main eventing all these shows and I'd be somewhere at the bottom or in the middle and I was talking to him Nick never grew up watching the independents he didn't even like watching WCW as a kid because he felt like he was cheating on WWF I think a lot of kids kind of thought that yeah. growing up. Oh, absolutely. You know, because they they teach us brand loyalty at that age. Oh, yeah. Coke or Pepsi, you know. But uh, I was talking to him, and I was getting booked out of state before him, you know. And I was like, hey, man, you should come on the road with me. I got this idea. We're having some fun being these two generic white guys, being a tag team. What if we, we put something behind it? And I had a buddy named Jimmy Felcher who actually helped me get my first ideologies or thoughts of who or what I was inside of the ring. And then we worked it all together until we found out what we really were. Uh, we were Team IOU, which was a – I thought I was a dog. Nick thought he was a boy in, his man, in a man's body. And we found some good success, real memphis some would even say Chikara-influenced style characters. And then uh, we did that for a while, and we weren't getting to where we wanted, so we had to, like, reevaluate it. And so we did. And then we – everyone – no matter what we did, we wanted to be, like – people like tag teams like the Young Bucks or or uh, Davey Richards, Eddie Edwards or whatever. But at the end of the day, that's not who we are, no matter how hard we tried. And we realized we weren't getting booked into places or, or matches that, that did that. So if you get stale, what do you do? Reinvent yourself. We became um, the Carnies team IOU, just unapologetically Southern. Um, a Carney, a lot of people don't know, the wrestling was founded in the circus. That's actually, if you look into it, that is the birthplace of our profession. And then when they split off and realized that professional wrestling didn't have to live in the circus with a, a trio of gentlemen that are sometimes referred to the, the gold, dust, gold dust trio and stuff, they uh, legitimized it. And then, of course, that's that's the roots, though. Carnival shows, professional wrestling, tough man competitions of people. And uh, some people will use corny as a derogatory term, just like we do in modern culture, like as a, a an insulting colloquialism. Right. right? Uh, and it's very much the same in wrestling. Oh, they're all right, but they're just nothing but Southern cornies. Well, you're going to call me that? I'm going to wear it as a bear of honor, uh, badge of honor, right? Yeah. And I'm going to throw this on my throat, and I'm going to do every dirty Tennessee tactic we could. We were lucky enough to do a, um, 
we were lucky enough to do a camp for a very prominent co- uh, company that we've had a couple matches for. And um, someone that I looked up to was actually, I'll just say it right now, I, like I've never really like publicly said it, but like we did that, we did the uh, tryout seminar camp with them and Christopher Daniels was the guy and that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was like, I get it. I understand why you're team IOU. We've all, like, we've heard the name and stuff, but when we see you, you're the cornies. And he like helped give us the rough idea of what we would become later in life. And it was crazy because once we committed to that, we were both big fans of American Horror Story anyway, so we were already leading to that with our stuff. But when we jumped uh, full in on the circus deal, it was crazy. Our bookings went up. Our merch was selling way more. It was easy to digest for people to be like, oh, that dude's clearly a sideshow freak, and that guy's the ringleader. That's the brains, that's the bronze. And people were just, uh, it was much easier to identify as such. And that's right. Why, that's how I got into wrestling. I'm very long-winded and, and a diatribe kind of guy. Right, and, and you know that kind of answers the question, because a lot of people want to kind of know how that Carney gimmick came about, but now you answer that. So let's move on to the next one. The big main event tomorrow night is uh, the Carneys versus Billy Gunn and James Storms. What's going through your mind when they call you and say, okay, look, Here's what's happening. You're going to f- wrestle these two guys. So, a lot of stuff, right? You, you you always wonder. You're thinking, if this was a couple years ago, like, I I'd, I'd wouldn't have slept for three days already. You know, I'd be sweating through. I'm watching, watching all the kinds of tape I can. You know what I mean? And just really overthinking it. Right. Uh, unfortunately, like, this is probably going to be, like, disappointing to everybody. At this point... It's another day of the office. Uh, Dutch and Tasha both had separate ways and separate words to tell me. And, and and my buddy Jimmy Felcher also. Why are you nervous? They're in the same locker room you're in. They lace up their boots the same that you do. This is professional wrestling. It's a sport, right? Any given day, an underdog could win, right? Maybe they don't. But the way I see it, uh, as a professional, as this is what I do to keep my lights on, they are great. They're they are unstoppable forces. I I couldn't dream of the life that they've lived provided through professional wrestling. I can't think of the moments they've experienced in front of crowds bigger than I've I've been in front of. And at the same time, that ain't going to stop me from experiencing it now because I'm going to I'm going to beat them. I'm not going to sweat it. I'm not going to worry about the Hall of Fame for Billy. I'm not going to worry about the legend of, of the Cowboy James Storm. I don't care about how many titles or accolades. Because when it rings, the bell rings. Like, I'm there to do my job, and my job is to be a pro wrestler that wins. Right. Which is crazy, right? I don't. I know that's a weird thing, but if you're asking about, like, how, like, how I approach it, both, like, it's so weird because wrestling is this weird veil of reality, right? But, like, at the end of the job, if you're paid to contract a house and you've got to work with a world-famous, you know, whatever guy, say it's a TLC show and you get hired on because you're good at walling, you know, doing something with the walls. Right. But you're in here with this world-famous dude. Is that makes you nervous? Maybe. But if you're there to do your job, you know, the front and back of your hand, nothing to sweat. I hope they, you know, honestly... I, I hope that they're ready. I hope that they're ready to, to, to do something special. Because I am. I am at the bottom of my heart. My days of being cowered or intimidated by people by their own success, gone. I'm here to make a moment. I want no doubt in any fan's mind, whether they watch it on TV, YouTube, or in, in every one of those chairs every eight inches, they're going to remember that Carrie and Nick stood up nose-to-nose with them. That's what my character and my life is. I know my worth. As an awful guy, 
I make no qualms about going to like the lowest common denominator to win matches by any means necessary. So Hall of Fame's all nice and good until Nick and I grab a folding chair when no one's looking to <laughs> smash it on you. Once right? that bell rings, it's off. Yeah, yeah. man. Like, and it's, it's going to be crazy tomorrow night at the Victory Center in Morrison, Tennessee, Sideshow Wrestling, the Super Showdown. Uh, one half of the Carnies is hanging out in the studio with us, Carrie Awful. So let me ask you this. Uh, let's say someone wants some advice about wanting to get into wrestling. I saw on your Instagram that there is a Carnies Wrestling Seminar. Tell me about if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I really want to be a professional wrestler. The first thing I would do is tell them, are you sure? Because I don't want to be a professional wrestler on some of my bad days, which is, it's true and not true, right? Because you love it so much. Uh, I, at least, I, so I have a wrestling school called Crux Wrestling. I run it out of Tullahoma, Tennessee, even though I live in Middle Tennessee. <laughs> and we carpool down there every week like a little rag bat, or what's it, ragtag group, you know? Uh, I, I have trial days, and that's, that's something I picked up from Dutch. Uh, Wrestling's not easy. When Hulk Hogan learned how to wrestle, you know, overseas from Baba, he had to get, he asked Baba, Baba, teach me to be a professional wrestler. And Baba's like, cool, get down on your hands and knees, Greco Roman style. And Hogan's like, okay, we're going to wrestle. Uh, Baba dropped a knee on his ankle and shattered it and says, you want to be a wrestler? Come back in a year. Hogan did. He waited the year, got healed up, came back and did it. He used to be a, um, Pro wrestling, professional wrestling used to be something of a you had to prove your your merit and worth to go into it and you had to protect it right and because of that you had to you had to kind of show your grit you know and I'm not, I don't want to say like vetted by any means but you have to be tested yeah uh for me I I make them condition and drill like if you go when you go into an actual wrestling school like the amount of, of conditioning and, and just physical pain that goes into it is is soul crushing sometimes, but if you can persevere through it, then yes, you should go and you and you should try it. If it was me, I would say do your research. You should contact repu- reputable schools, schools that are ran by people that have done something, been something, or contribute something. And that doesn't always mean an ex WWE WWE or WWE impact ring of honor necessarily not that i would discredit any of those because they're all amazing all those guys have made money in this business but uh there's even other schools that are accredited with guys that have never stepped foot in there um while the school's not active anymore uh the third member of the corny's trip cassidy was trained by this man named billy rock billy was a great guy traveled all through the indies when he had his own like following on that level almost like your favorite obscure punk band Right. He also trained Ruby Riot, who's you know on WWE Raw and Mance Warner. So there are schools out there. You just got to make sure that you're going to the school and like finding the right one. Go and see if they do a tryout day. Definitely do that. Think about it. Make sure that it's something that you can dedicate mind, body, finances to. You know, because it's it's hard. Uh, good education isn't cheap. You know. Don't be surprised if there's a two, three, four thousand dollar tuition on it. Right, and you get what you pay for. Absolutely, you know, I can learn from somebody. It's it's weird because it almost contradicts it. Some of the best trainers I know have never been on national TV, right? Also, some of the absolute worst trainers I've, I've right, experienced yeah. don't even wrestle once a month, and they're training people, or have only wrestled for a year and are training people, and and that's equally as frustrating. Uh, due diligence will solve it. Uh, for anyone do the research and most importantly if if you want to be a wrestler it's better to try and fail that tryout class than to sit at home and wonder what what if right 
Man, that's, that's that's good stuff right there. Carrie Awful, one half of the Carnies, is hanging out with us right now. Side show wrestling is going down the Super Showdown Victory Center in Morrison, Tennessee tomorrow. Uh, let's let's kind of jump into some other stuff. I know you've wrestled. You talked about you've wrestled all over the country. What's been the craziest thing you've seen at an event? And I can tell you one that I saw, and it was years ago, and it was in the back of a discount tobacco and beer store in Madison. There was like this little wrestling promotion that would be in there. Chicken Hat was there. You know, he was missing for a while. That's what everybody's been trying to figure out what's been happening with Chicken Hat at the moment. I swear I heard that some, for anyone listening that doesn't know who Chicken Hat is, he's like a legend in national wrestling. As a, as a fan, like he is. You would see him on Raws every, every TNA event at the fairgrounds. And it was the sure. same seat every time. Every time. Big, thick mustache. And you'd have this, like, almost like Shawn Michaels, like, Dad cowboy hat, thing, mm-hmm. you know? and like that Richard Petty hat. Yeah, he'd get worked up, you know. And uh, one day he was just gone. Like even when TNA was done, he would still come to the local televised show for NWA Saw, and then it was just gone. He was just he disappeared, evaporated. I swear I saw something on Facebook where on a comment on a thread where someone was like, "I think he went to Florida." That's what everybody keeps saying. But no one knows. But yeah, and somebody was like, "His he came from a rich family, and I've heard he was, so many crazy." And there's stories. crazy stories. So we're sitting there at the discount tobacco thing, and we would go every week. It was like maybe like on a Wednesday or yep. Thursday night, and it was like the ring, the top rope. You had to like duck because you're hitting the ceiling. Something happened, and I want to say it was Chase Stevens and another guy that now owns a karate studio in Gallatin. Um. I, I think his name is Eric or Eric Andrews. Yes, does he own? Does he own a karate? I think studio he owns a karate studio in Gallatin now. What? Yeah, <laughs> bald head guy. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> so they were a tag team. They were feuding with somebody. Something went down, and it, the the match got completely botched. Uh-huh. Chris had a cinder block smashed on his nads with a real like real, real cinder block, hammer. real sledgehammer. Hammer Jack was in that match. Then guaranteed. guaranteed. And. Like, Athena was a part of the thing. Chicken Hat and Athena always had issues. Of course. Chicken Hat literally, and this is like those wooden folding chairs. Man, real, real quick, how <laughs> awesome was Athena, by the way? She was sick. Like that, right. You know, like, uh, uh, what's her name in WWE was Texas Athena, uh, Ember Moon, but mm-hmm. Athena to me is always her. You yeah, know? And, it, and so she was there, and he, like, she would always give him shit every week. Like, she would mess with him. Every week, as the story, he got pissed, took that wooden chair and like threw it as hard as he could at her. Like, security came out, Boogie Woogie Boy came out, <laughs> like, all these guys are coming out, and it was a shit show. Like, people were going crazy, and he's screaming and yelling, and that was the last time I ever went to that event. Oh, of course. So, like, I miss sometimes I miss wild stuff. Like, not, I don't ever want any fan endangerment, but like, right. I think if you achieve mass hysteria at a wrestling event without having that, like the crowd interactions out of it, like the um, like crowd endangerment, I guess for whatever because he got worked up. That's wrestling. Dude, wrestling used to be that. Yeah, it's just like how you said, like, oh, I'm never coming back. I don't blame you for that. But think about all the people who came back. They're like, yo, how? Do, what's happening next? Right. Blocks, sledgehammers <laughs> to the the nards. People throwing chairs. Fans throwing chairs. Like. That's a it was crazy. So let's let's hear something like Whoa, crazy Nick. story. I mean, it, it might be okay. So like, this might take a second because I've I've really I, I we I've seen some crazy stuff and uh, without naming a lot of them. <laughs> one time, 
while working in the like the Kentucky Anna area, I watched a very well-to-do Hall of Famer now from a couple years ago get into a fight with a promoter over money. Uh, it was a big, big house event inside of a of a venue. I, so I don't want to give out too many details. Long story short, short. Uh, I watched two, two, <laughs> as he's sitting yeah. over here laughing. He knows he where knows, this is yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. We, I got my buddy in the in, in the in the room here with me, uh, without naming names on him. <laughs> he already knows. He's he's like sitting here knowing what's about to happen. So like this is like crazy, crazy. And like we've worked for this company. And it's a it's a publicly is a well respected company. Like it, it's a place that guys like AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Chris Hero, you know Eric Cannon. You know, like it's good. I'm just gonna say it, like I like I, I want to, but I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, anyways, it was like a spot that like most accredited like independent wrestlers while they're doing that grind to the next level go to, and you'll learn a lot. I learned tons there, tons and tons and tons there. Like it's crazy. Made some lifelong friends there and stuff too. But watching this Hall of Famer, who I've also like grown up watching wrestling, getting this like crazy fight locker rooms getting ready to get involved pull, like and they like no one out there is nobody knows what's going on yeah yeah it was crazy it got resolved I'll, I'll put it that way it all got resolved everything's cool but at the time you're like is there a knife getting pulled out cool what, you're kind of waiting to see happening? yeah 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 man that's crazy stuff Kerry Awful is my guest right now one half of the carnies that is going down Morrison Tennessee at the Victory Center Sideshow Wrestling Super Showdown one last question I'd like to let, ask wrestlers this uh, if you could call your dream match right now who would it be and what kind of match would it be okay the bucket list it breaks down into two, two different lists that then go into sub list right because okay. like Everybody wants to like wrestle the greatest of all times. Right? Yeah. Like, who wouldn't want to wrestle Shawn Michaels or Clear Jericho, Stone Cold Rocks or whatever? And I think that like a, a lot in Taker too, especially Taker, Mankind, stuff like that. Like, so like I have like fantasy, fantasy side, complete fantasy side, and right. then like stuff I app- applicably use and take from that I would like to see where I'd measure up at. Um, a problem with us is a lot of our dream matches get taken because of circumstances out of our control. Like, it was crazy to me, like, some of the matches we've had lately because of, like, opportunities like that. We were so used to them just, like, not happening. Right. You know? But uh, of all time, like, that's that's a tie between, like, I would love to wrestle The Undertaker. Not even necessarily at a mania, but I'd want it to be, like, a blow-off match after, like, a four... I, no, let's go a little three, four month feud, five month feud with avoiding and ducking. And then finally we have the match and I want it to be supernatural. I want him to shoot lightning at me. I want the right. druids. I want a coffin to be shot or lit on fire with his, like an effigy of his logo while I slowly try to fight my way out. Right. You want, want old school taker. Yeah. I want that. I want like crazy, like, is he really dead? Undertaker, you know? Uh, I take a lot. It's, it's like no secret. Anyone that knows me or watches like my work or even how I look, like I love Mick Foley. If I could aspire to be the professional wrestler that Mick Foley was and the man that he is, then I would feel accomplished in in wrestling. And I just want to see. I just want to see where I'd line up with him because there's not to me almost no one can get a crowd to go from cheering and, and crying out of happiness to crying out of complete and utter sadness for watching human suffering. Right. I always talk about like the moment that I thought McFoley became super popular was actually after a match and beyond the mat came out and you watched him handcuff taking chair shots to straight the to the head yeah in front of his crying kids and wife why got to put a roof over the baby's heads mm-hmm. that's a job. Why I became a fan so like I want that um, 
Also, my like guilty pleasure, <laughs> Tajiri. I have this irrational love of uh, Tajiri from WWE. Uh, his body language, the way he carries himself. For my entire career, I've based stuff off of him. When I was the dog, he almost was like a pet for William Regal. Where, like, you know when you talk to your dog and your dog, like, doesn't understand what you're saying, but it's naughty. But know? he knows what's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Regal would say something to Jiri, and Jiri would say something back, and he's like, oh, I don't understand you. Jiri, we need to do this. And Jiri would be so hyped and so yeah. fucked. And you could you could know exactly what he was thinking through his body and his eyes without him saying one word. The way he'd stalk people in the ring and prowl them. Dude, there's like this like random throwaway match with him and Taker. That's insane. Yeah, like he's got so many just like little hidden gems. Like you ever get? I, I tell I make my my students watch these a lot, and uh, my friends who ask for advice. Uh, if I'm if I'm trying to get a job with like a, a TV studio or a TV a televised show, right? Watch televised matches. Uh, you'd be surprised what what someone that Tajiri or Crash Hall you can get accomplished in like six, five, four minutes. Yeah, you know. And still feel like I, I watched a fulfilling story in professional wrestling match and learned something new about either his characters, the story they're telling, or maybe myself from even watching him do it. Uh, I, Jerry was in Tennessee a little while ago. I almost cried because I just uh, I want that match so bad, so so bad. <laughs> well, we're just gonna throw it out there that uh, this this match should happen. Yeah, me and we'll the put, bus we're gonna off. we're gonna put it out there in the universe just to make it happen. Oh, absolutely! Like, uh, I don't know. I'm a carny. Lie, cheat, steal. Let's keep the circus open. If it meant that I could get a match with Tajiri, I'd step on broken glass at this point. I don't care who tells me that looks stupid. Well, it is stupid, you know. Because to me, Tajiri means that much to me. So whatever. If anyone's listening here and wants to do that, let's go. There Ten it is. Two are back. Victory Center tomorrow night, Morrison, Tennessee, Sideshow Wrestling, Super Showdown. Uh, my guest today, one half of the Carnies, Carrie Awful in the building. Man, thank you so much for taking the time out and hanging out with us today. No, thank you so much for having us, despite this horrible, like, why Nashville's traffic was never bad. This whole it, population boom that we're getting, killing the traffic. It's all the condos. Oh, it's brutal. It's, brutal, it's brutal. miserable. Um, if you don't mind, some cheap plugs. Yeah, go ahead. That's what I was going to say. Go ahead and plug everything you want, everybody to follow you, social media, whatnot. So Anybody who's listening to this right now, you should come out tomorrow and watch me beat Billy Gunn and James Storm with my tag team partner in the Carnies, Nick Iggy. If you're on social media, please follow me. It's very easy. At K-E-R-R-Y-A-W-F-U-L, Carry Awful, across the board, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, I don't have a Tumblr, nor a Zanga, or a live journal, but I'm sure yeah. if I did at one point, <laughs> it was probably at Carrie Awful. Uh, also follow the Carnies at the Carnies TN and ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the Carnies because every t-shirt you buy puts money in keeping our circus up and afloat. And I got to keep the lights on. <laughs> there it is. Carrie Awful, my guest today. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. I got to say, so awesome having Kerry Awful in the studio. I uh, got to sit there and talk wrestling with the guy. He told me all about the Carnies, how they all started, and uh, what's it like getting to wrestle WWE Hall of Famer tomorrow night, Billy Gunn. Tomorrow night in Morrison, Tennessee at the Victory Center. Tickets 
only $10. You can get all the info you need to know, like Sideshow Wrestling on Facebook. And uh, by the way, if you could do me a big favor, uh, after you've listened to this podcast, go back, download all the other podcasts, give us a five-star review, leave us a good rating. And uh, if you want to, you could follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, it's Battle on Air. Which, by the way, uh, another episode is going to drop Monday. Uh, If you've seen on Twitter, you have seen that me being stupid have called out Mark Henry on Twitter. Well, he left a little video, and uh, yeah, so Mark Henry in studio Monday. Enjoy, have a great weekend. I will see you guys on Monday.